Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Dungeons and Dragons. My name is Scott Riley. I will be your story master for tonight. And never again. I'm going to introduce my party one by one for the Wish Upon a Star campaign. We will start with uh, the Barbarian Logan Stormblast. Is this is this not the Code Lyoko podcast? No, that's next door. Oh, awesome. Hey, everybody. Followed up by Einar. Oh, we got it. You almost slipped. I did. The G was coming out. Speaking of uh, the G coming out, Osmit, say hello. Last time you're going to DM, well, we're all dead. Ominous. I like it. Isby, you said you can fly now. Tell us more about that. I'm flying. I'm flying bear. Flying bear. Rule of cool. Level 8 druids get flying bear form. It's in the rules. I'm just going to throw the bear. <laughs> Continuing with the intro, Sabine, our battle axes and babes dwarf. How you doing? Level 8 feels great. And Eugene, the wizard with all the friends. Say hi. Hi. Did I forget anybody? Too many friends. I think I... One too many friends. Uh, oh, don't worry. Sylvia's probably dead now anyways. It's still no! one too many. Listen here, Tomba Killer. Anyways. So, when we last left the party... Osmit had rushed out the back door of Enzo's tavern, having quickly stashed the pack sphere he had taken into some random boy's coat. Boy heads out the front door of the tavern. Osmit heads out the back through the kitchen. And Fenris comes down, looks around, and heads out the front door. The party has just shaken off a very powerful hold person spell when all of them rush to the banister Bannister? Yeah, Bannister, right? I'm going to call it a Bannister. The railing. Yeah, the railing at the second floor of Enzo's Tavern to see the chaos coming to somewhat of an end. Almost everybody has rushed out of the tavern. The flask that Enzo was preparing, he seems to have put away and started to run around to collect broken pieces of furniture and put chairs back up. And Osmit and Fenris are nowhere to be found. Party, what do you guys do? Am I still on the floor? Nope, you all, I placed you all on the railing of the second floor. You guys basically rushed out of the room that you were in after you broke out of the spell to survey the scene. And as I described, it looks like the end of chaos. You don't see Oz, you don't (laughs) see Fenris, but, and you don't see any patrons of the tavern the only person that seems to be in there right now is enzo and he looks like a he looks like a panicked tavern owner you know looking at broken furniture going why why me etc etc what does party do i go down i'm gonna run down rush down the stairs okay and go up to like rush up to enzo what do you want which way did the furball go out the back and then I'll rush out the back. All right. You rush out the back. And since this has happened, Oz, you're going to get a second to decide what you want to do. So you break through the kitchen. As you do, you notice a portly woman 
with a somewhat bloodstained frock, put down her blade and hide behind a large table in front of you. Two half-elf boys spill a large pot of stew to your left, and the only way that you see an exit is to go around the table back to the very end of the room where there's a wooden door you know leads out to the back alleyways of the King's Square in Nightvale. What do you want to do real quick? Well, sorry, excuse me. Uh, just walk around the table and try and make my way out the back. Okay. You make your way out the back. Do you run? Do you walk? What do you do? Uh, hurriedly, as I look over my shoulder to see if anyone's following. Okay. A quick glance tells you that no one's following you, but you can feel cold on the back of your neck. And as you exit the tavern, panting from the adrenaline, there are two paths before you. The alleyway to your right ends quickly and opens up, uh, opening up into the King Square. Like if you look directly right, about 30 feet in front of you is just the end of the alleyway into the main square of the King Square, the main area of the King Square. And then to your left, you notice that the alley continues further into the King Square, possibly into the market district, but it's concealed. You're going to be running in between buildings and side streets. Gotcha. I'm going to quickly cast this guy self, make myself appear as eh, Elvin, but as inconspicuous as possible, just very simple features, and make my way out towards the King Square and just begin to do a small pacing. Okay. So as you start to slow your run down to, at this point, I'm going to assume pace, your slow pacing is a trot, kind of? That? Yeah. You still... Just trying to find a couple people to start walking with and keeping an eye on the tavern. Okay. So as you take this trot, you still feel the cold on the back of your neck. And there's this intrusive thought in your mind. You can't shake it that Fenris has found you and he's coming for you. But you continue this trot all the way to the end of the alleyway, and that's when you begin to feel them. There's a sensation of melting snowflakes that begins to cover your whole body, and your breath becomes mist. I need you to roll a wisdom saving throw. Uh, that would be 19. So, as you feel these tiny ice-cold hands start to grab you from the back, ice starts to form around you. You can see it form on your shoulders and you can see it form on your hands, but you shake off whatever magic presence is trying to pull you in and take you somewhere. And that's when you hear a loud crash. Einar, I'm going to assume that you saw the aftermath of what happened to Osmet and the people pointed you in the direction of the back door. You burst through the back door of Enzo's tavern to see what looks like a circle of small hands behind an elf's back, all made of ice, trying to pull them through a portal when the portal shatters and the elf shakes off some of the ice. Osmit, what are you guys doing? Got to turn that off. I mean, I guess at that point, I would start rushing that direction and probably looking around for Osmit. Okay. Osmit, you hear uh, 
over 200 pound half orc in full armor charging from behind you as you shake off some of this ice that's formed on you. I gotcha. I will start walking towards the tavern and flag down Einar. Okay, so you turn around? Yeah. I'll stop walking with whatever group I was trying to catch up to. Einar, you see a very inconspicuous elf wave at you. Somewhat friendly. Friendfully. Friendly. Yeah, friendly. Words are hard to know. I, uh, I slow down, and I start to approach warily. You see this, Osmet? I take it everything's okay. Who are you? <laughs> Figured my voice was kind of deep for an elf. I mean, I've known a lot of elves. Is that you, Oz? Is that is that what's going on here? Uh, yeah, I take it that Fenris is not around, or at least had left the tavern. <laughs> uh, did we see him go out the front? No. I have no idea where he is. Hmm. Well, then we should probably get moving away from here. Agreed. But what about the others? Well, yeah, I mean, we should get them unless... The, did they leave already? I don't think so. I think they're still in the tavern. And I guess I'll start... I'll turn around and start walking towards it. Okay. As you two turn around, while all this happened... Everybody inside the tavern sees two events happen with very little control over any of it. You see Grim and an emaciated Tomba kind of burst through the front door of Enzo's tavern, only to shriek in anger and run out. And as Oz and Einar re-enter the tavern, three or four of Nilonara's hornets, the guards of Nightvale, burst through the front door. And begin to question Enzo. What does everybody else in the tavern do? At this point, gentlemen, you guys are back in the tavern on the first floor. And everybody else is on the banister. Uh, I'm gonna... Good. So I'm just gonna start... uh, I'm just gonna kind of like... Wink or gesture towards... Enzo, just to kind of get his attention and as everybody else is doing stuff, start casting mending on a bunch of broken stuff to repair what I can. He sees this and his expression softens a little bit. He was incredibly angry and frustrated and seeing you just do what little you can calms him down just a bit and you notice he goes back behind the bar and begins to pour what looks like very nice mead into wooden goblets. There are specifically six of them. Okay, so while other people are doing stuff, I'll just keep mending. Okay. Do I know these guards? Roll percentiles. Righteous. Let's roll some dice. It is Dungeons and Dragons. Amen. Uh, 89. You know one of them. Uh, can I uh, take a 69 instead? You may, and now you know two of them. Excellent. 
Righteous. I love D and D. That's how it works, folks. That is math. What? 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 Um. Okay. Uh, I'll flag them down. Okay. So, you recognize them as Serge and Sorel. They are both two very low-level guards in Nilanara's Hornets, and they basically patrol the market district. You trained with them when you first learned your maneuvers. I walk up, Serge, Sorel, guys, it's all right here. I've got it covered. Logan, nice. Good to see you. Why are you here, and what the fuck happened? You Uh, see... Oh, go ahead. Technically... Omni repair business. Um, we were having a uh, a tent a tent with uh, a gentleman, and he decided to attack us. And we have, uh, you know, we're just trying to clean up now. He's gone, teleported out of here. So. He takes off his helmet and pushes back his thick, black, greased hair. Man, who would want to assault you, Logan? That's a shame. Well, I guess I'm going to have to write this down. Would you like to make an official report? Uh, yeah, uh, tell me, Leo, Milonara, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I think that's as, as official as this gets. You know I don't like paperwork. I don't either. And you notice he didn't even take anything out to write with. He was listening to you, but at no point did he reach for a pen and paper, which, as you observe him, it doesn't seem like there is one to begin with. Fantastic. And I'll high-five and slip him a gold piece. So he takes the gold piece, and he goes, Well, if this is omni-repair business, then uh, we should leave it to you guys. I've got a patrol to get back to. Of course. Uh, Maybe I'll meet up with you guys later and drinks. He nods at that, and he waves the other hornets around, including his CO, and the CO takes the signal. You recognize this from being in the guard for about a month, or working with the guard for about a month, that less than official means of payment has been made, and this is going to be taken care of by taking care of by someone else. This is not guard business anymore. It's an interesting baseball hand signal. It's basically uh, two Vulcan symbols and then a wave, like a hand, a hand wave. And then they're out of the tavern. It's just you and Enzo and the rest of the party. Cool. I took care of the cops. <laughs> Sabine yells, good on you, Logan. Hey, Enzo, uh, we're real sorry about all this. Um, do we see um, Oz and Einar yet? Yeah, they've been back in since the guards were bribed and escorted or and exited. Cool. Hey, guys. Oz, how you feeling, buddy? Uh, not the best, yeah. to be honest. That sucked. That sucked real hard. Yeah, but the important part is I'm pretty clever. Why? What, what happened? What, what did you do? Now there's just a big shit-eating grin on Oz's face. <laughs> well, 
What did you do? Well, I don't have the pack spear. Neither does he. Oh, hell yeah. Wait. Who has the pack spear? Um. Probably someone in danger now. Oh. Righteous. Not really. Not at all. That was sarcastic. But uh, hey, he doesn't have it. Yeah, I thought that was better. Agreed. But, uh, I at least know what they look like, so perhaps we can find them. I mean, the city's not that big, right? I don't know. I did walk for, like, two hours one time, and I don't think I made it to the other side. Yeah, I know. I was waiting to hear God laugh, but he... he didn't. No, 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 uh, Jamie... Rhaegar sounds Jamie, very cruel. I was, I was waiting for you... <laughs> <laughs> there, Rhaegar sounds very cruel. He's actually pretty nice. I wasn't talking about Rhaegar. I was talking about you. Oh, I'm aware. Uh, at this point, Sabine, the aroma of mead has filled the tavern, and you're not certain whether or not you want to waste the six cups that Enzo has poured. They're out on the bar for your pleasure. Sabine, uh... You know, is listening to the conversation, but kind of inches without anyone noticing, hopefully, towards the bar and just kind of picks up one of the mugs and starts drinking it kind of quickly, but not enough to spill any. Good, good. And then she reaches for the second one. <laughs> uh, to, to which Einar reaches and grabs that one and just downs it. Uh, and then what do you do, Isby? Third one. Sorry, what was that, Isby? Sabine reaches for the third mug. And then the fourth one. And the fourth one at the same time. You got it. Enzo sees this exchange going on. Man, if you guys weren't trouble enough already, I'll go get some more glasses. And you see him push his way through the broken stall door that was the barrier between the bar and the rest of the tavern and make his way into the kitchen. I'll sit down at the bar. Okay. You've mended most of the broken furniture at this point, Eugene. You should feel a bit proud of yourself as what was the aftermath of a chaotic scene now just seems like a messy tavern. All right. So at this point... Sorry, go ahead, Mike. Nope, pass. Uh, so at this point, Einar just kind of straightens up and goes, look, I know this has been a pretty shitty night, but we should probably reconnoiter at the hall. Agreed. After a drink. Or several. I've yeah. got something I need to talk to Enzo about. <laughs> so, after... I was just, uh, just going to say, well, fine. If you guys are going to do that, I'm going to head. Just meet me there, and I'll start going. Okay. Einar, you head towards Omni Repair, as you do. The rest of the party unless anybody argues, sits at the bar. Enzo comes back out with extra mugs. Where did Einar go? I'd like to catch up to Einar if possible. Now where's Oz going? Oz is leaving too. Okay. And you do. You catch up. You notice a defeated look on Enzo's face as he has four extra mugs in his hands and he just kind of slams them on the bar. He returns to the remainder of the party. 
Does anybody want to tell me what the fuck that was? And why you decided to destroy my bar? Did you and Fenris not agree on something? Did you not see eye to eye? <laughs> yeah, no, we didn't. Uh, he wanted something. We didn't want to give it to him. Well, it's a good thing that you work for the guild. I'll just charge this on Fixstar's tab. Yeah, well, tell him that the Alpha Team did it. You you do well, know that that that's Fixstar and Volk, right? I'm not stupid. Oh, okay. I'll do that, Logan. I'll do that. So I'm gonna take ten gold pieces out of my uh, pouch and slide it across him and say, "Here, you know, uh, sorry for the trouble. It should cover any repairs that I wasn't able to to fix myself." Sabine also drops a few coins into next to Eugene's purse. He uh. Well, Enzo, don't want that to stop. Um. Do you remember the dwarves' names that fixed up the house? Mahog and Chari. Uh, yeah, and talk to Mahog and Chari. Um, I've done business with them and tell them that I sent you. Maybe you can get some sort of deal. I'm familiar with Mahog and Chari, and if anything, they're going to give me a deal regardless. It's how this place stays in shape as it is. And you notice, Eugene, at first he's reluctant to take the gold, but looking at the state of the tavern, he shrugs his shoulders, puts the gold inside of his pocket. Now, I'm going to give you guys one more drink, and then I want you out. We're closing early tonight. It's been a little too eventful. So actually, there is something you could help us with. I know we've been in a lot of trouble, but I'm looking for someone named James. What do you want with James? And you can see his eyes narrow at you suspiciously as he goes to his habitual habit of cleaning a mug vigorously that is clearly clean already. Well, I've lost track of a friend of mine, and uh, I was told that he might know how to get in touch with uh, in touch with her. You might know her. Uh, Sylvia from the dumpling stand. Um, I'm trying to, to track her down, and I heard that he might know where she is. I don't know Sylvia from the dumpling stand, and James is the wrong guy. Unless your friend is in trouble with the wrong people, James is not who you're looking for. So tell me, Eugene, is your friend in trouble with the wrong people? I'm afraid she might be. Ugh. Yeah, I know James, and I know where you can find him. But I'm not convinced I want him to be in the same shit that you all are in. What could help you be convinced? Tell me who and why, or why you want to find this dumpling girl, and maybe I'll tell you where James is. Well, she's a young orphan girl uh, who, as far as I know, got in with the wrong people. She's kind and sweet and has always been nice to me. And really, I think that she might just be in trouble and I'd like to help her out. I mean, do you have any kids? No, I don't. And... 
Eugene, you seem like a really nice guy, but this is Night Vale. Unless you can give me more. I'm not sticking my neck out or James' neck, James's neck out for some girl that you like. I'll put 50 gold on the table. Mm, da, 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 da. We're going to roll some dice. So, for some reason, Enzo's dwarven heritage, although he is human, seems to appear out of nowhere as he swipes the gold up. Oh, yeah, well, you know, we can always come to some kind of agreement, good old buddy Eugene. So, there are two places you can usually find James when he's not here. The first place is the DeVita Manor. He runs errands for him all the time. So, go over there. It's in Evergarden. You know how to get there. If you can't find him there, he usually hangs out with the, uh, oh, what the hell are their names? Uh, the Jade Nimby. They're a gang that work for the Thieves Guild out in Lake Town. Uh, what else? Those are probably the best two places to go. There's a place called the Lucky Stag Inn in Lake Town. Go there and ask for James. He's probably running another errand for them. I appreciate the help. And I'll take the, uh, pick up a, a mug of mead, tip it towards him, and take a big swig of it. The mead is very refreshing. It's uh, kind of like a metheglin. All right. And I'll just say, and by the way, you can count on my discretion. I knew that already, Eugene. But thanks for the assurance. I'll put the mug down and uh, walk towards the door. You start to leave. Anybody else in the party want to do anything? I know Sabine's probably halfway through the, the third mug. Third? She's on her fifth. My girl. I guess we'll leave. So Wait, doesn't Isby live here? Isby, don't you live here? Sometimes. Huh. Isby, are you going to come back to the guild hall real quick? I got to talk to you about something. I guess. Excellent. To the guild hall. All right. So we're going to give Osmit and Einar time to get ahead of you so unless do you gentlemen want to do any specific stop on the way or are you heading straight for the guild hall i'm headed straight for the guild hall okay so osmit you catch up to einar is there anything specific you want to speak about or are you just walking with him to the guild hall uh no sorry einar yeah Oz. Uh, if you wouldn't mind could you uh, escort me to the archives yeah like he gives you, he gives you like a really confused look, but it's not unreasonable, so he can acquiesce. I feel like I need something for obfuscation. Um, hopefully, for all of us, if I can procure it. But I don't think it's viable to place us all in a lead box. So I need to see if there are other means. I've read stories about wondrous items doing unimaginable things. So. Figure if I can find a story of the right one, I can then ask around and see if I can find something to hide our position from magic that would look in on us. Look in on us. So as we change directions and we start walking, he looks a bit confused and just says, "Could you line plate armor with lead?" Mm -hmm. 
Would that work? I don't think Eugene would wear plate armor. Mm. Why, why do you feel the need to be obfuscated? You feel, you feel that Fenris is uh, capable of tracking us now? I do. A moment before you had called up to me, I, I believe that, well, I felt very crippling cold on the back of my neck. Hmm. You know, I'm surprised the gravekeepers haven't shown up yet. Yeah, this is true. They usually follow. We're way out of our depth, Oz. Mm. Maybe not entirely. No, that's all I got for the walk. If you had only been there a second sooner, you would have seen the two gravekeepers enter and leave. Sad. Um... You guys head towards the archives? At this late hour, the city is still somewhat busy, and as you do, you pass by the remainder of the party heading towards the guild. You meet them about halfway back on your journey. Do you say anything, or do you ignore them? I mean, I would, I would say, like, hey, Oz wanted me to take him to the archives. Yeah, and I would explain why. All right. The rest of the party, would you like to continue your trek onto Omni Repair, or would you like to follow them to the archives? Uh, do, you, do you need all of us? Would you like all of us to go to the archives? Or would you like us to meet you at the Guildhouse? Um, I don't fear any sort of direct ambush. I just want someone with me in case of some sort of mind-altering magic. I'll bill my cape. I'll go with you. <laughs> All right. I feel better already. Let's go, Eugene. Yeah, you got the you got the best guy on the team. I'm gonna be honest with you. Does that mean you don't? Does that mean you don't need me anymore? I mean, you're welcome to come, but. I think I'll be fine. You just right. took 90% of the power of the team. Excuse you. It's like four out of five infinity stones right there. You I'm took blushing. the same. You I'm took the same deeply. as game. <laughs> All right, well, let me, let me check the guild hall. If you need anything, I don't, I don't know. Can you contact us through magic? Have any of us ever tried to use the uh, the guild symbol? Yes. I tried contacting Volk, and it worked. Sort of. So then I guess I sort of do. I'm gonna focus really hard on my guild symbol, and on Logan, and just kind of be yelling, "Hi!" Roll percentiles. All right. Where'd you go? Where's he? Yeah. 
15. Nothing happens. Your symbol does not glow or feel warm. And you are screaming hi to yourself. <laughs> okay. I keep that to myself. You Roger that. All right. So, Osmit, Eugene, you all head to the archives while the rest of the party heads back to Omni Repair. So, let's go to the Omni Repair direction real quick. Well, no, let's do it the other way. So, you two head to the archives and... You're greeted with the standard small boy who opens the door but can't speak to you, Osmit. He beckons you in. Excellent. I'll point to Eugene and just give him a nod. Do me a favor, Oz. Give me a little volume. I'll just point to Eugene and give him a nod. So you two enter, and Eugene, this is your first time in the archives. It is a vast library, larger than anything you've ever seen, including the library that you were in. Yours was a tall cylindrical tower with many circular floors of books on books on books. The bookcases would horseshoe in yours. But here, instead, you see bookcases that climb walls that are 100 feet high, all straight, with many, many books on every side. And about every 100 to 200 feet, you notice that there's a cross section that leads to large wooden doors covered in stone that open up into more large rooms full of books. It's almost unfathomable how big this church-like structure is. And Osmond seems to know where he's going as he walks down this long corridor that's just barely lit by sconces that are separated from the books. Eugene, you went to university, right? Ah. Uh... Spent a lot of time in a library, but this is quite a quite a building of books. Yeah, I I, I did uh, spend some time at the academy. Excellent. Then you're more familiar with their system of how they keep their books. So I'll let you take the lead. Uh, like to help Eugene investigate. So you're not going to ask for aid. You guys are just going to look through books on your own. <laughs> Wait, what are we looking for? <laughs> Ask at the counter as well. So in the exposition of telling you what I was worried about, it would be um, some sort of item to obscure our position from magic that would look in on us. Or divination magic. Aha. Uh-huh. So I guess the first thing we'll do is we'll go to the desk and say, uh... Do you know where you can point us in a direction for something that might be able to help us obscure divination magic? You see a very familiar boy, Oz, who has a somewhat sullen look turned to you. It's Regis, who has been reinstated as the attendant for the archives. And he turns to you, Eugene, and he goes, What specifically were you looking for again? Either a, a spell that we might be able to to utilize or a guide to some type of equipment or magical item that might obscure or obstruct divination magic. He ponders for a second and then looks at you, Osmit. Osmit, is he with you? Yes, yes, he is. He turns around walks over to a very large box and begins to flip through what seem to be papers. 
after a while, he pulls out one paper and scans it. And you both can see with your passive perception that it seems to be a large list of what you can assume is book titles with a serial number or series of numbers next to them. Regis turns back around after a second and says, you'll want to go over, oh, hmm. So the only place where something like that would be is called the stacks. And you need permission from the Grand Archivist to enter it. But I was rude to you once, Osmet, and I have learned my lesson. If I do this favor for you, can we consider ourselves even? I believe all can be forgiven. Follow me. And he leads you all further into the archives, past the desk, and down the hall further. Do you follow? Yeah. You make it some distance, and he abruptly stops, turns to the right, and pulls a book out of the shelf. And the book seems to have cooking recipes in it. He flips to a single page that has a picture of a dragon's head that reminds you of a roast chicken, and wipes away the image of the dragon's head. He puts the book back into the bookcase and sits there for a second. Or stands there for a second. Second goes by, his foot begins to tap as if he's impatient, waiting for something. <clears throat> he kicks the bookcase and the bookcase shivers like it is alive and shifts to the side like a sliding door would, falls back behind the other bookcases. You notice a small door that's big enough for him to get through. And just like the first time that you had this issue, Oz, before you even get through, he pushes the sides of the frame and the door expands, but he can't seem to get it high enough. Like he pushes the sides to widen it for you, but he's not tall enough to push it up higher. So you can decide what you want to do there. I'll assist if it let me. Yeah. You put your hand on the door frame, and it's an interesting sensation as you lift the threshold of a door and the rock begins to move past your hands as the wood frame extends. And it's large enough for you both to get through. And you are in front of the stacks, which are aptly named because it is just incredibly large stacks of paper. Unbound books are strewn across the floor. And it looks like utter chaos. There are just piles of paper. Some of it stacked neatly. Some of it has fallen over. And it almost reminds you of a bit of a, like a hedge maze in the fact that there are clear paths made for you to walk through, but there are no physical barriers. The barrier is stacks of paper. And you notice that Regis puts his torch out and gets out a small round lantern that lights up blue. It's magic lantern. And begins to walk through it. And as he does, he explains the purpose of the stacks. And uh, move things forward a little. He says, I'm going to have to look through all this for you. And we'll get two scribes on it. You're more than welcome to look yourself. But it's going to take time. There's really no organization to this. Absolutely delighted. Okay, so you want to stay and search through the stacks? I'm going to elbow Oz a little bit and just say, you know, there there is another uh, library in Nightvale that specializes more 
on divination magic. Are you looking for more an object or about magic? Either or, if it's a spell that I could learn, I'd be more than happy. But if I couldn't, then it would have to be an object. Well, there is Helen's Tower. Helena's Tower? <clears throat> oh, Helena's Tower. There is Helena's Tower. Um, who was... Uh, it, it just has a, a lot of literature on spatial and divination magic. I'm not sure if there's anything there we could learn. It just might be a little bit more organized. Mm-hmm. And I'll lean down close to Eugene and just kind of try to whisper to think of everything we could see here. Agreed. So I guess we're going to start looking, right? Yep. Regis leaves you with the lantern and gives you one rule. And he says it with the ferocity of a storm tribe barbarian. No fire. And he takes his leave. So. I'll conjure a little glowing ball to help me see things and start rifling through. Okay. So. We're going to put you guys at pause there, and we're going to check in on the other half of the party. As all this transpires on the other end of Nightville, you guys finally make your way back to Omni Repair. Is there anything you wanted to do before you went into the guild? Uh, I was going to talk to Isby. Yeah, RP it. Give it to me. Uh, so, Is. Yeah. Uh, after what has just occurred... I realize that I volume. Might, I might need a little help fighting Fenris. Yeah, I'd, I'd say some help would probably be wise. So I'm going to take a trip back to Stormspire. Oh. <laughs> like to come. Uh. Give me a little more volume, Isby. Um, not really, but I will because I don't know. I think there are more important things right now. Maybe you can grab some extra stuff that from your house. I wasn't planning on walking. I was going to take a teleportation circle, so maybe you could bring some more stuff. I don't know. Yeah, I, I probably could. And then I'll look around at it. I have to go. Yeah, I can meet your dad. Let's not. I could scare your dad. Let's just avoid my dad. Excellent. Uh, and that goes for all you guys, too, if you want to come see some Storm Tribe barbarians and drink. As much as I would love to do that, I have my armor yet. I mean, I'm not going right now. My armor's not ready right now. Okay. I'll, I'll be going with you. Excellent. They will like you. The bean, probably. Isby, you know that's not true. Oh, yes. She'll, she'll be well liked. Everybody likes a good... What was I saying? Sorry, I'm a bit drunk from the tavern. Oh, what a surprise. Okay. What was I saying? I'm a bit drunk. You said that the people would like you. 
Everybody. Yes, everyone likes me. Thanks. <laughs> everyone does like you. Because I'm amazing. You are amazing. As she like leans into him because she threw her head too fast and kind of falls into his what chest. Yeah, I'll pick her up and be like, hey, no, 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 let's keep you stable. Maybe you should cut back a little. Cut back. I'll cut into someone's back. Give me my axe. Nice. Um, you know what? You're absolutely right, Sabine. Let's, let's just keep going. Anyways, I'll let you guys know when I'm heading. Okay. Then I will continue to walk like a regular person because I am a human towards the guild. Okay. With you, my feet. You all make it to the somewhat comforting site of the monolithic black stone building that is Omni Repair. And as you push through the very light doors, you notice that. It's empty. Volk is not there and Fixstar is not there, but the lute is playing a somewhat soothing tune. Almost a victory tune, but with just a little bit of lullaby in it. As you all walk into your familiar hall of the guild. Uh, hello? Anyone? No response. I'm going to walk over to the door to everything. And yeah. I'm going to think about um, Fixstar's room. So as you go to turn the handle of the door, Logan, you hear a horrible groan come from the entrance door of the guild hall. Oh, fuck me. Ugh, somebody get this fucking door open for me. You hear someone pounding on it. Someone very I'm familiar. Assuming I didn't, I'm assuming I didn't go too far from the door, so I'll open it. Okay, you open it, and a very injured Volk kind of stumbles through. He has a crutch, a very large bandage over his arm. You see many, many new unhealed scars all over his face and chest, and an eye patch as he hobbles his way to the desk. Mm. Nice to see you, buddy. I catch him, actually, because I'm assuming he kind of, like, trips into the door. He does. Uh, He whispers. Okay. I'm going to wait. I'm going to lay on hands as I catch him for a full 20. What level am I now? Eight. Eight. Yeah, full 25. So it removes a lot of the bruising and some of the lighter cuts and bruises, but the deep gashes in his back that were clearly made by a whip and the large cuts in his jaw and cheek don't seem to heal. And he whispers into your ear, My hero. And what was her name? You know what, Logan? I'm going to tell you what her name was. And he looks around. No, the joke's not funny without fucking Eugene. Where's my fucking chair? And he starts to walk over and moves towards the chair behind the desk that he normally sits at. Honor grabs him and just says, hey, why don't you sit down on one of these by the fireplace? Look, sweet prince, I appreciate the help. But I'm going to tell you right now, I need my chair. I need one of my very important literature pieces. And I'm not going to lie. I need a break. 
I feel like we've caught up. I feel like everybody here, we've had a nice conversation. And I have a very important business meeting at my desk. And he shoves you off. So unless you want to grapple him, he pushes you out of the way. Nah. He earned it. <laughs> All right. He makes his way to the desk. And you see his bottom lip quiver for just a second. As if he was coming home from war to his wife. I missed you so much. And he turns around, closes his eyes, and trust falls into the chair. Everybody anticipates the coming storm as you hear the crack of the chair and Valk just going, why me? And falls to the ground and smacks the back of his head. Sweet gods are fucking mighty. Who the fuck fucked with my fucking chair? This is fucking ridiculous. After everything I just went through, all I wanted to do was fucking sit in my goddamn chair. I'll go get another one. And he walks to the anything room. <laughs> Izzy's just laughing. Like, try, like, she can't help it. She's trying to stifle a laugh, but can't. He makes his very customary face at you as he goes to the anything room. You notice that from the corner of your eyes, because you all have enough perception, he doesn't try and hide it. There seems to be a large storeroom with lots of replicated furniture and other various sundries like silverware, tablecloths, etc. He comes back out with an exact copy of the broken chair. And he boots the broken chair across the hall to the other door, which you know is the bathroom. And he puts his chair down. And he repeats the enchanting scene as if it was acted out of a play. Oh, I missed you so much. He repeats the trust fall. The chair creaks, but it welcomes him with open arms. And he puts his feet up on his desk. Ah, wonderful. So, how'd your guys' job go? We, we, we kind of got our asses kicked. <laughs> yeah, I get that. I can feel that. That's how our job went. Remind me again what the fucking job was. You guys were supposed to, uh, get some rich ladies' pearls. <laughs> Yep. Get some rich ladies' pearls. Did you get the pearls? Yes and no. So do I check the failure box, Logan, or do I check the success box? There's some paperwork I have to fill out. I know you don't like it, but I gotta do it. I mean, technically we were successful. Good enough for me. And you see him pull out a piece of paper from the desk, write something very vigorously on it, and then make a very large and exaggerated check mark on it. He shoves the quill and paper back in the desk and turns to Isby. Awful quiet tonight, Isby. Don't want to say anything? And he smiles at you as a large trickle of blood comes out from under his eye patch. It's an inside joke between me and Eugene. What? What's going on with Eugene? Oh, he's in so much fucking trouble when he gets back. Oh man, Dad's gonna be pissed. Dad? Vicstar, it's a joke, Logan. Jesus. Kind of like whoever broke my fucking chair. And he looks at all of you suspiciously. 
Yeah, but the the, the difference between that is the, the chair is funny. Oh, th this joke's funny. I'll tell you it. Get ready for this. This, this is fucking hilarious. So Eugene used a magic on one of the thieves guild and not some fucking grunt not some fucking street urchin no 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 he had to pick a fight with a fucking lieutenant of the crimson fucking corvettes and i'm gonna tell you right now everything that you see on me is the price for doing that i didn't think eugene could handle it he doesn't look like a good prison bitch so i took it for him and i'm gonna tell you right now he owes me and Fixstar is going to be pissed. Oh. Yeah, that's not... It's not a good punchline. Yeah, I'm not laughing. Yeah, neither was I. I was having a nice bath before I had to go deal with that fucking shit. Oh, it's about time you took one. You needed it. That's a good punchline. You know what? Well, I did... Go on, Einar. No, I want, I, need, I want to hear what you have to say. Go ahead. Why didn't you say anything when I contacted? Oh, funny story. One, the the scrying stone doesn't work that way, so it's actually very painful when the river is reversed. Think of it like a magic river, okay? Two, uh, the second time that you called me, I was being poked to death with hot irons. Like, if I actually lift this eye patch up, you're going to notice I don't have an eye anymore. So you kind of caught me at a bad time. Forgive me if I wasn't cordial, you know? <laughs> Listen. I'm listening. Just meant to say, like, maybe we could have got Fixstar and got you out of there sooner. Like, I was just... It's all I meant, man. I understand you're in pain. You lost an eye. It's fucked up. Eugene owes you. Get it. But you're here now. Relax a little. I'm not worried about the eye. It'll grow back. That's how eyes work. Right? Yeah. Eyes totally gonna grow back. And uh as far as getting fixed are, you guys might not think that I'm capable, you might think I'm lazy, and I'm a slack jaw, etc. etc. But the reason that I'm always at this desk and you never see him is because he trusts me to deal with the complicated political landscape that you guys can't even begin. I mean begin to fathom. How many let me just ask you guys, how many factions are there in the Thieves Guild? Do you guys even know that? 16. Oh, wow. Good job, Logan. That's incredibly wrong. How many... How many dirty guards do you think there are? At least two. At least two? Well, that, that's a reasonable assessment. And then, do you guys even know anybody in Skyline, the second tier of Night Vale? Like, how the nobles work here? The king. Yeah, that's the third tier. Good job, Logan. You got it. You got it. God, I don't know why you're the, the strong guy of the group. You should be the wizard. Do you want to keep the other eye? Ooh. You see him get a little, like, excited at that. You know what? I'm I'm kind of feeling it. I, you know, you want to fight, Logan? Oh, let's settle down. I was going to give you your smut back, but now I'm keeping it. Don't worry. I've got extras, bud. So... Anyways, now I've caught up with you guys. You've caught up with me. <sighs> Is there a reason you guys are here? Your job's done, right? Uh, no, I guess.
guess. I mean, just to talk to Fixstar, since he's not here. Hmm. Give me a sec. And he gets up, and you notice that he almost falls over himself as he wrenches in pain, straightens himself, and then trips over his feet to get to the anything door. He makes his way into the anything door, and you guys are left alone for a bit. The entire time since he started, like, going off on his, like, do you know this, do you know that thing? Yeah. Einar's just literally been staring at the ceiling, just arms crossed. What a beautiful chandelier in the middle of our guild hall. He's not even looking at the chandelier. He's just looking at, like, a spot on the ceiling and hasn't moved since. You guys care about each other so much, I know. Sabine, you want some water? No, no, but I could go for a nail. Good. Here, here's this magic ale. It's got electrolytes in it. She's been leaning against the wall the whole time, like with her head. What? No, 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 no. Oh, I don't need no electrolytes. It sounds like magic. It's not. It's just water. Just drink the water. <laughs> kind of sips it a little bit. And then, like, puts it, puts, lets it fall out of her hand, and she's holding on to the mud. It's really crisp water. Very refreshing. And now it's on the floor. <laughs> okay. So, after a bit of this exchange, you all hear the door open again, and Volk hobbles out with Fixstar right behind him. He's mumbling something to Volk. Isby, your passive perception is 16, right? 17. 17. Okay, so you're the only one that hears this as they both make their way back to the desk. But Fixstar mumbles something about the king and the resistance. And he's like rifling through papers in his hands as he does it. And he looks up. Ah, wonderful. You're all back. How did it go? You look a little worse for wear, but all in all, you got back pretty quick. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we got our asses kicked. But you're alive. That's good. Uh, Wait a second. Where are Osmit and Eugene? Please tell me they're all right. They are at the archives looking for magic items. You see his expression relax a lot, and he puts the papers down on the desk, almost as if he forgot they even existed. Ah, that's good news to hear. So, I mean, you got your asses kicked, but did you get the pearl necklace? Uh, According to the job, you were supposed to meet one of her agents and give it to them. Did everything go well? Not exactly. What happened? I look at I look at Isby and Logan like, are we telling him or are we just? I'm gonna shake my head and just tell him. Yeah. All right. Fixed our. We weren't going after pearls. We're going after pack spheres. We're working with the grave keepers, and uh, the thing we got our ass kicked by was Fenris. Because we, he wanted to take the Pax Spheres from us. He did not get the Pax Spheres. But we also do not have them. No, we have one. We have one. 
You see him look at you, not angrily and not with contempt, but there's a mixture of sadness and fear in his eyes as he leans on the desk next to Volk a little bit. I guess there's no stopping it then. You guys have found your way into this, and I should stop trying to keep you out of it. So, let's get everyone together. We'll go have a nice meal, like I promised, and come up with a plan together to deal with Fenris. I'm... I'm sorry this happened to all of you. Yeah, it super sucks. I tried to kill him, but... Yeah, that didn't work out. We weren't ready for him. Yes, the fact that you're all still alive is... surprising, I won't lie. Um, Truth is, we gave him calls to kill us. He didn't take it. He repeated over and over that he didn't want to kill us. He sure as hell damn near tried to get us to give him the damn pack spear, though. Yes, that sounds quite like it all. And... <sighs> the fact that he's still after these pack spheres means he hasn't found the necklace. So, And he starts to shake his head and seem to get gets out of whatever funk that he seemed to be in. So there's still a chance that we can stop him. And all we need to do is come up with a good cohesive plan to find this. And he starts to turns around rifles through the papers and he slams one on the desk. We need to find this necklace. I've been working on this for some time. It's called a Fang of Fenrir. And it's an ancient artifact that provides its wielder immeasurable power. I haven't the faintest clue where it is, though. It's in Night Vale. Well, let me rephrase. Clearly it's in Night Vale. That's why Fenris is here. Where in this gigantic city it could be is another problem entirely. It's probably somewhere obvious. I'm listening. I'll take any suggestions. Gonum, really quickly, you look uh, different. I go by Einar now. Okay, a name change. I can respect that. It's more than that. If you say so, you do look different. What, what happened to all of you? I know that you guys got beaten up, but... All of you seem to have changed drastically in a short period of time. So there's more going on than just... than just... Fenrir. We also ran into Agar. <laughs> I know, this is no time for jokes. You did not run into the son of Rhaegar. So as he says that, he just gets, like, the most dead serious look that... that Einar can actually put on his face. You hear Volk snicker in the background. Ooh, someone's in trouble. <laughs> Shut up, I got, Volk. I got hugged through a building. Um. So. My god decided to strike me down with lightning and forge. 
he's speechless for some time, and he looks at Sabine and Isby. Anything else, you two? No, I think that pretty much covers it. Sabine just belches. (laughs) He bites his lower lip and says, There's a saying that anything can happen in Night Vale, but this is just ridiculous. You're telling me that... In the city without gods, a god came to strike his own servant down to give him power to fight the son of another god, all because Fenris is looking for this. Was this not even was this even related to Fenris? Don't know. Maybe. It could be that Rhaegar and Brancil decided well, probably not Brancil. Rhaegar decided to put him in our path to make us stronger. I'm not entirely familiar with the story of Rhaegar, but aren't he and his son Agar at... Well, they were supposed to be at odds. Uh, Logan, yeah. this is your history. Yeah. Rhaegar and Agar don't speak anymore after Agar was chained. Uh, he's a, he, He's been anchored. He's not even allowed to enter the skies anymore. Um, so he just wanders the earth. Uh, doing whatever he wants, really. Ah, yes. Father doesn't find him. I remember that story. I remember it now. Yes, he's a black chain, black anchor, exile. And when he caused too much trouble, his father buried him under a mountain. And you're telling me you got hugged through a building by that? Yeah. Um. He kind of picked me up and jumped, and then we went through a building, a couple stories of the building, and then I got up. And then everybody else jumped except for Isby. She decided to take the stairs because, you know, she's the smart one. Uh, Volk laughs uncontrollably at that. So Volk laughs uncontrollably at that. Man, I thought I was having a rough fucking day. (laughs) uh, And then we fought. um, And we kicked his ass. And then he ran away. Just like he did when his dad kicked his ass. You know, Sabine, I understand why you drink as much as you do now. I'm starting to get the inclination myself. So, remind me again, where are Osmond and Eugene? Because this is a lot to take in. I thought I was being productive, but I should be out there with you. The archive. Right, right, right. Uh, Looking for something to stop divination magic from tracking us. Is there any reason why he would want that? He's got suspicion that Fenris might be able to scry on us or track us now, magically. Hmm. All right, well, if that's the case, I'm going to peruse through my books to try and find something that might help them. Come get me when they're back, and we'll all go and eat and come up with a plan together. Does that sound fair? Yeah, that sounds good. Um, Volk, can you call them? Yeah, let me get right on that, Logan. Hold on. And he gets up, kind of shakes himself a bit. Eugene, Eugene best buddy, my friend of friends, can you hear me? And Eugene, you get the call in your head and your hand starts to glow and it's warm. The symbol on your hand is warm and glowing. 
so I guess I just say this out loud. <laughs> uh, hello. Who's this? Eugene, you're probably busy right now, and I know you know that I can't hear you, but I need you to come back to the guild, friend. I miss you so much. I just want to give you the biggest hug and tell you that you're my best friend, but I can't do that because you're not here. Can you bring Oz with you, bud? Uh, yeah, we're kind of busy. Um, I'll, uh, I'll let you know when we're done. Uh, I'm gonna start, as I'm saying this, I realize he said that he probably can't hear me, so I'm starting to, like, (laughs) focus on my hand to try to send him this message. Uh, roll me an intelligence check, and then percentiles. Alright. Intelligence. Or my 20s. It was a 16, and then percentiles is a uh, is a one. <laughs> oh man, give me a second. So a rush of mana pours into your mind as you try to figure out the signal behind this you understand scrying magic you understand sending the spell and you know that it works by sending basically a missile of magic from the sender to the receiver and you try and reverse the flow of it and as you do you and volk take 12 points of psychic damage as the burst (laughs) explodes in both of your heads and you just hear jesus christ eugene i said it doesn't work both ways just come back Thank you, Sabine. Sweet <laughs> gods of Nightvale. Eugene, I told you it doesn't fucking work that way. Just come back. Don't try and respond to me. Oh, my fucking head. Just come back, buddy. I I miss you. Oh, God. I'm going to sit down now. Bye. There you go, Logan. And you can see, like, a very large trickle of blood start to come out of his eye, and his ears have started to bleed a little bit. Fixstar makes a semi-disgusted look. Volk, maybe you should go lie down. Yeah, I think I'm going to do that. And, uh, nobody contact me for a little while. I'm, I'm done for a bit. And you see him get up. He gives a very, like, sassy face to Isby and goes into the anything door. I'm going to give it his little sassy face, scratch nose. Like, Is it me, Isby? And then, yeah. He leaves and the, oh, good. I say when the when the anything door closes, goes. I'm really not sorry about the chair now. Why? What happened with the chair? Uh, and I just look at the one on the on the floor that's kicked near the bathroom door. Did Volk break his favorite chair? Oh, this must be a bad day for him. Yes, it's quite sad. Why are you sorry about it, uh, Gainar? Gainar. Gainar. Gainar it is. Don't like it. Nope, nope, we're not doing that. Because I could have fixed it. I like it. (laughs) Alright, well, assuming Volk did what he said, they should be on their way soon. I'm going to go see if I can't find a book to help them. Um, 
relax, enjoy yourselves. And, oh, maybe you all would like a bit of respite while we wait. And he waves you over to the anything room. Uh, yeah, sure. So, this happened when you were initiated. I'm going to teach you how to control this. Logan, think of a place that you want to go more than anywhere in the world, and it really must be somewhere you'd rather be. Like, intrinsically, it has to be something you want more than anything. Almost heaven. Stormspire. <laughs> okay. So, you're thinking of Stormspire. Yeah. Home. So, I can't get you to the city, but... And you see him... His eyes glaze over with a purple glow for a second, and he opens the door, and you smell the breeze of the sea hit you in the face, and you look through the anything door to see the storm plains and the cliffs of the storm coast. You don't see storm spire anywhere, but it looks like home to you. Um. Okay, and... I'm going to step through. So, okay. Isby, you're going with him? Wonderful. Whenever you two are done enjoying the scenery, simply grab the door. It'll be behind you at any time, and you'll come back to the guild. All right? Is it, is it just the scenery? It is an illusion. A very good one, mind you, but an illusion. Gotcha. Uh, I want to talk to you about actual teleportation later. Okay, we will talk about that at dinner. And I'll walk through. Alright, so you and Isby get to hang out in the storm plains and off of the storm coast where the cliffs of thunder are. And it's just like home. Everything is there except the city. Every smell, every crack, every thunderbolt you know that you remember is there. And as he closes the door behind you two... I know. Is there somewhere you would feel comfortable? Some scenery that would relax you while we wait? No. Then you... I just, give, I just give him, like, a really sad look. I won't pry. So, will you just be here with the loot by yourself till the rest of Omni Repair's Delta team shows up? Yeah, I'll be by. All right. I'll go sit down over there. And last but not least, Sabine, I know where you want to go. And he clicks open the door, and you can hear the revelry of a tavern. What's the shape of the door again? Like a regular door? It's just a regular door. So Sabine goes to walk into the tavern and starts like throwing her hands in the air, cheering. She's uh, do me a favor. Roll a general charisma check. Nineteen. As you enter the door, Sabine, there are no familiar faces in there. Every face is Dorvin, and they all turn around as if they know you, yelling, Sabine! Sabine! They're all your face. <laughs> no, they're not. They're all they're all different dwarves. One of them looks like Danny DeVito. 
<laughs> too far, too far. That man is a saint. There's one dwarf that looks like Danny DeVito. That's Pebble. So I feel like I feel like there should be a room not full of one dwarf that looks like Danny DeVito, but every role that Danny DeVito's ever played. There you go. All, all of his different acting roles. Why are we all ruining Sabine's happy place with Danny DeVito's face? You don't like Danny DeVito? Not that much. <laughs> so. Make it Henry Cavill's face and then we'll talk. That is... There's My no, idea is the stuff of fucking nightmares. <laughs> there is no Henry Cavill Dorf in the tavern. All right, so everybody is relaxing. Fixstar retreats into his library slash sanctuary with a giant rotating hourglass above it. And we're going to check back in with the other half of the team. The other third of the team, I should say. Two out of six is 33%. So, Oz, roll me... Give me five investigation checks. Eugene, you can give me five or you can give Osmit advantage. Uh, I am going to roll my own because in libraries I get advantage on investigation checks. You do. That is a special ability because you are a library boy. All right. So you said five? Yep. And Osmit, give me five investigations as well. All right. I'll go first. Yep, give me the numbers. Eleven, twenty. Six, three, and ten. All right. So let's see what the sum of that is. 20, 30. I'll write it down for the lotto now. 40. So my math says that's an even 50. 11, 20 is 31, plus six and three is nine. That brings it up to 40, plus 10 is 50, right? Yep. All right. Eugene, give me yours. Uh, 20, 21, 18, nat 20, so 27, and 25. All right, so let me do that math. So that's 41, 59, uh, and we have 70, so we have 86, 86. So looks like I think I've got 101, somewhere on there. You broke 100. That's what matters. All right, so Osmit, as you start rifling through these large piles of paper known as the stacks, it's very clear that this is going to be an arduous task at best. You are not familiar with the, the term an odyssey in and of itself, but that is what this will be. And after several hours of combing through different stacks, you get a lot of cool stuff, tidbits, facts about history, things about even Locron you didn't even understand or know, but you don't find any particular stories about the negation of scrying magic nor items that can help you find scrying magic or oh, yeah. define scrying. I become far too distracted. Yeah. Uh, Eugene, on the other hand, broke the DC, the combined DC of 100 by very little, but did. And just as you're about to give up hope, Eugene, you notice that Oz is now neck deep in what seems to be a stack of fairy tales from authors that he's never heard of about his home forest. You slip on a piece of paper 
that is a single piece of paper and it mentions of a magic item, I guess is what I'd call it. The, the paper is a story that describes a glowing orb that can negate all scrying magic on anybody because its functionality is to absorb the magic that's being used on you and make you a, a dead point, basically. So for scrying magic to work, the person has to either know your name, know of you, or have a personal effect of you. And what this orb does is it absorbs whatever that item is, whatever that memory is from anybody that you want to stop the scrying from so that that person cannot scry you. Because it just takes away all their tools, basically. But it doesn't give you a name for the item. It mentions a glowing orb about the size of a peach or a plum. Does it mention where I can find it? Mm, does it? Does it? Does it? Does it? It mentions tombs and caverns in Night Vale and a cult that made it. But you don't get the name of the cult or a specific location. But it exists in Night Vale as part of the history of Night Vale. It uh, seems that whoever wrote it, whatever author wrote it, was looking for data as if it was kind of a research paper. And it was very... The search was incomplete. So I'm going to tell Oz that I found this and I'm going to start to transcribe what's on the... Can I take the page? Like, do I know if it's allowed, whether or not I can take it? You you had one rule. So you have no idea whether or not it's allowed. But you are well enough versed with libraries that if everybody just took stuff out of libraries, they would not be libraries. So it's generally frowned upon. But you were not given an express rule. He didn't say we couldn't copy it. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and copy this page down word for word. Yeah, very easy enough for you to do. You take out your you know, charcoal stick and your paper, and you copy it. You copy all of the important parts. And there's nothing... Is there anything magical about this page itself? Uh, you will either have to roll an arcana yeah. check or give me a detect magic. So I will do arcana. Cool. Uh, 12. It is very fine paper. Okay. Nothing so, magical about it. Uh, Alright, well, uh, we found something about a glowing ball that's made by cultists that we might be able to find in the tomb. Ideas? Hmm. I mean, I can try and recall if I've read anything about it. And I don't know if that would particularly be in the books that I had access to. You never know. Uh, that would be a 20. Nat 20 or a soft 20? A uh, soft 20. Good enough. You recall a fairy tale from a book inside your cabin in the woods that tells you about Yavi's blind sight. It is a small glowing orb that takes whatever item is being used to scry on that person from anywhere around the world and puts it inside the orb. 
So it's basically, uh, think of it like a magic siphon, right? It drains whatever the source of the scrying magic is into the ball. Or transfers it, I should say. It's an incredibly powerful magic item. According to your fairy tale, it was used by kings and nobles alike to avoid assassinations. It was used by great wizards to stop wars and calamities. It, it ain't uh, your everyday average household item. Yeah, I remember his story, but it didn't exactly... Mm, I think it was more of an exaggerated account. It didn't give the detailed region. Well, uh, maybe it makes sense for us to head back to the guild and see if Fixstar knows anything about this, because I don't know how much more I'm going to get out of all these papers. Well, no, there was only one serial number, I think, that mattered to it, so I believe you found the page. Oh, well, all right then. So I guess we're done. <laughs> Indeed, Eugene. Fine work. Let's go. I'm going to put my hand up for a high five. Absolutely, and I'll try not to push him over. It resolves. You guys give each other a well-deserved high five, as that should have taken you guys. I was hoping a DC of 100 was enough, because the average of five rolls would be around you know, 14 or 15. But nah, advantage got Eugene right where he needed to be. So you guys exit the archives and realize that you spent a long time in there. There were no windows inside the archives or specifically the stacks. But it seems to be early morning, as if you went through the night to figure out what you needed to know. And as you make your way back to the guild, it seems like everybody is waking up for the rotation of traffic. There are people who are very dreary-eyed and sleepy who are clearly coming off the graveyard shift, going back to their homes to bed. And then there are people just waking up. You smell fresh bread and... Birds are beginning to chirp inside the Quill District of Night Vale. What do you guys do? I just go into the... Head on in. So you're headed just... You just go straight for Omni Repair? Yep. Enjoy listening to the birds as I go. Okay. And I, I pick Oz's brain a little bit about what it's like to be a cleric. Do you guys want to RP that, or are you good? Did you have a specific question, or did you want me to just tell you what it's like to have faith? Because those are two very different discussions. We're going to have that faith conversation, but I'm going to leave that off the record for, for now. Because I feel like we could get into a really lengthy philosophical discussion. This is true, and I'd like to think that debate. So yeah, I guess we're just heading into Omni Repair as we're talking about the miraculousness of faith. Okay. You all speak about faith and magic, how they're intertwined in many ways, and it takes you several hours, but you make it to Omni Repair. And unless Einar specifically wanted to stay up, you see him sleeping. Nope. In... Okay. Uh, he's, he's actually performing a ritual on his blade, and he's just sitting entranced with a chalk circle drawn on the floor and his blade sitting in the middle of it. And he looks extremely weak and emaciated. Are we transmuting something? 
Nope, he's just performing a ritual. So you guys walk in and see that? How you doing, buddy? Ritual probably can, completes some blue light flashes up through the chalk lines and picks up the sword and all of a sudden looks better again. Puts it in the sheath. Took you too long enough. Sorry, we needed to learn about a, a glowing ball that eats magic. So when you say eats magic, the door opens and you see Logan and Isby coming out of the anything room with what seems to be a storm raging behind them, but they both seem calm and very, you know, I won't say very relaxed, but better than they were. I, uh, I, I'm carrying my boots and my pants are rolled up to about the knee. Because I was sitting with my feet in the water. So they're actually wet. When you come out of the door, your feet are still wet from supposedly this illusion. Hey guys, how's it going? Hello. Do you uh, find what you were looking for? I do, thanks to Eugene's help. Good. Um, uh, give me just one second. I'll open the door and see if I can find Sabine. So, as you open the door to try and find Sabine, roll me a dexterity saving throw. I get advantage. Yep. Trip. DC 17. I fail. Oh, four to nine. Are you raging? No. You take four bludgeoning damage as the door flies open. You just hear this parade, this cacophony of, yeah, Sabine, that was a great story. Tell us again. As Sabine rolls out from the door, the mug in her hand hits the ground and disintegrates into what seems to be hay. And she barely can move. The door is open and you see the illusion of a tavern filled with doors cheering her on for one more round. You also see over a hundred empty mugs on the bar. I'm going to shut that door. And I'm going to pick, I'm going to be like, I'm going to get down on my haunches, just like leaking down. All right. Sabine, I'm going to pick you up. Because we need to go to fix Star, okay? <laughs> Sabine looks him dead faced. No one tosses a dwarf. I'm not tossing you. This is a magical flying brew that you've taken. Woo! And I, I pick. And we're gonna end the episode right there, I think. <laughs> so. Everybody, my name is Scott Riley. Thank you so much for listening to this wonderful podcast. I'm going to outro. We're going to start with Eugene, whose best friend is eagerly waiting for him. Oh, this is going to hurt next episode. Followed by Osmit, the furball who's going to get a huge power upgrade here in a second. Indeed. And then we'll keep going with the very quiet Isby tonight. Isby, how you feeling? Good, but a little more peaceful. A little more relaxed? Maybe. We'll see how long it lasts.
Uh, we'll continue with Gynar. I mean, Einar. I heard that. <laughs> Please don't hit me. And uh, we'll continue off with the barbarian who lies to dwarves. Logan Stormbless. My thermal reactor is pulsating with excitement. Wow. Wow. And last but not least, the, the dwarf who loves meat and hates magic, but drank a flying brew. Sabine, say goodnight. Battle axes and babes. Battle axes and babes. All right. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. You know it's illegal to eat oranges in a bathtub in California.